On the show, 10 News First and 5AA Breakfast presenter Will Goodings joins us in studio. We wrote them down and they called them out. The NBL responds to our 36ers recruiting targets. Brody Grundy wants to come home. Will it be a tall order for the Crows to lure him to Westlake? That's next on the Press Box. Goodness me, another massive show coming your way. Of course, plenty of footy to get through, plenty of other sports around the place and as very special guest, as we mentioned off the top, Will Goodings from 5AA and Network 10 will be joining us as well. Got plenty to get through and again, plenty on the panel also. Sam Tuggle speaking, Jace Kemp I'm looking at, Dale Fletcher over there. Welcome to you boys. It's hey, good mate. to be here. It's a great week. Great Sunday. Did you pick Labor or did you pick Liberals? <laughs> I tell you what, not a lot of people. Well, sports better already paid out on the oh. Labor. Didn't they have a, a red face after the weekend? But oh. it was a, a big week of footy as well. Hey, are, yes. you, are you feeling okay, Dale? I'm fine. I'm fine now. I had a bit of a, well, I had a massive headache uh, this afternoon, but I, oh. I, I didn't ring in sick like uh, someone else uh, <laughs> may, may be sitting in this room. I just uh, went and bought some Panadol and. Soldier Dog. I drank a cup, was, of, cup of cement and, <laughs> and uh, here I am. So uh, I was in all uh, sorts of pain that day, trust me. Yeah. All sorts of pain. Cocktail flu, I heard, from some, some of my spies. Well, pro- props to you, mate. Yeah, well, it takes a lot to get through a headache, I know. Uh, hey, look, what a, what a show. We've got uh, some footy to get through. We'll get to that shortly, including some news on Brody Grundy potentially returning to South Australia. Now, we've got some a grab from him, which we'll play very shortly, which you may or may not have heard, um, which will be great. Um, so stay tuned for that. A lot of talk around uh, the Adelaide United sector as well. Um, we've got a massive root of the week. Massive and a, root of the week. Massive root of the week. <laughs> wow. Superstar root of the week. And uh, pass the fastest blockbuster. But our socials went into meltdown. Last, on Tuesday. Last Tuesday, my, my iPhone went uh, dead. Uh, hmm. I was 100% and then uh, it just blew up and then uh, 15 minutes later I had, to, I had to get the charger. I had to find it somewhere. <laughs> it, just, it just absolutely blew up. It was a massive day for us because we... Well, sorry, we shouldn't say we. We'll claim it as a group, but Dale, you did some research in terms of the Adelaide 36's potential US uh, import for our point guard spot, yes. you come up with four names. Yes. And this was all coming basically based off what Corey Homicide Williams came up with uh, last week in his own podcast. And some sports, pretty phenomenal some things came bets, up. Uh, sports bets, yeah. trust talk. Yes, we've got to plug them. Great, yes. great people. Um, and they basically a really fascinating situation unfolded from yeah. there, didn't they? Yeah, so um, uh, Corey Homicide Williams said... Uh, he was speaking to uh, a point guard, American point guard, who was born in Chicago and had played in the NBA. So I did some research, came up with four names. Yep. Um, and then 24 hours pretty much after I said those four names, uh, NBL Overtime uh, comes on um, mm. every Tuesday night. And I went, oh, just let's see if... Uh, let's see if uh, it's a yeah. national, if not international, sort of Australian yes, inter- basketball show. Yeah, and I said, oh, well, I want to see if, uh, if uh, Corey... Homicide Williams has got a little bit more of of, uh, what happened. And uh, lo and behold, I heard this. I've done some little bit of digging. I've come up with four names. DeAndre Liggins, Jeremy Pargo, Mike Taylor, Will Bynum. Could be one of them, could be none of them. If I say his name. Yeah, I like this. In a group of names. Yep. I'll say he's one of them. Jeremy Pargo, DeAndre Liggins, Mike Taylor, Will Bynum. Definitely one of those names. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, there is definitely one of those names. 
Haven't got a shout out. We're happy with that. (laughs) Thank you, uh, Liam Santa Maria. But how about that? They even posed it. Liam Santa Maria decided to pose it to Corey, the four names that you came with to our show last week, Dale. And he said, yes, it's one of those four. Now, unfortunately, Jace. Well, it, it didn't wasn't. come. It didn't come to <laughs> fruition. It, it didn't quite. I don't know if Chomaside loves us or hates us either, because I tweeted him that many times. Yeah. His his phone would have been blowing up just as much as yours. Because no, he, I think his phone blows up <laughs> on a daily basis. He'd have been like, "Who are these guys in the podcast?" It's absolutely blowing my phone up. Um, it didn't come to fruition. I'm not sure what happened. Do you do you understand uh, why it wasn't one of those names that they uh, called out? No, I'm not one hundred percent sure why, but uh, we got uh, we got one of the, uh, the four names right that uh, Homicide was talking to, so we were correct in that sense, mm-hmm. but uh, totally off the mark when it came to the actual uh, import uh, point guard that the Sixers announced uh, last week, uh, Deshaun Taylor. Yeah, he's um he's a fascinating one because uh, Joey Wright basically does a lot of recruit. Well, he does a lot of research in his recruiting, as you would, because you've got to get the right guys in your team. You only got eleven spots, and you don't want to stuff up one of your imports. So he's he's usually got this sort of two rule, which is uh, I've got to go and watch him, mm-hmm. and I've also got to speak to him in person, one on one. He did neither of those with Deshaun Taylor, and he still recruited him, and that's because basically he went on a mission to find out what he's like via other people, because his manager, Deshaun's manager, came to him and said, look, you, you've got to get on to this guy. He's amazing. And so he said, all right, I've got to ask a few people who know him before I can speak to him and all that sort of thing. And everyone, everyone he said he spoke to had nothing bad to say about him. He was looking for someone to say something bad about him, and he couldn't find a thing. Everyone said, you do not want this guy playing against your team. He's that good. So... He's taken their word. He's uh, he's had a, a stab in the dark, and he's gone for him. And it could be a really great pick for us. Yeah, it is. Um, straight out of college, too, uh, Fresno State. So twenty three year old. So uh, first uh, professional gig, um, and has uh, the likings or all those uh, people that Joey has spoken to said uh, plays a lot like uh, Patrick Beverly. So mm. uh, Patrick Beverly is uh, the starting point guard for the LA Clippers, and that sort of goes back to what Homicide was trying to say because Patrick Beverly is actually yeah. a Chicago born NBA point ah. guard, but uh, probably had nothing to do with it. Just a little bit of synergy there. But uh, if Deshaun Taylor is uh, half as good as Patrick Beverly. Uh, the 36ers have got an absolute jet. Now, a few weeks ago, you brought in to this podcast, you said, give me the first 15 or 20 minutes. I've got a memoir. I've got a memoir of 30... Is this on tape? I've got week. a memoir of names that I want to go through because this is what the 36ers have to do to be successful. I love the 36ers. Well, you, you don't really because you actually from no, I don't. Melbourne. Yeah, you, no. But you Trader. said, I live, in this, I live in this state. I have, I have to see... This is what the 6ers have to do to be successful. Mm. Now that we know who the names are, now that the the roster's pretty much mm. full. Do you think we're along those lines? Uh, yeah, getting there. Um, we also mentioned uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, now Dan- that uh, Daniel Dillon Dan- and yes. Kevin yep. White were going to sign. They're, they're signed, so mm-hmm. we've got, we got them right. Oh, we've got to tick them off. Uh, tick them off. A uh, mm. bit of a me, me, me there for, for <laughs> me. That was, uh, that was two weeks ago. But uh, the Sixers have, have finalised uh, their, their roster. They've signed... Uh, uh, power four, two hundred and six centimeter power forward. Now his name is Obi Kiai. Yeah. So uh, he's uh, used to play for Logan Thunder in the Queensland Basketball League last year. Mm-hmm. Then went over and is pl- currently playing in Spain, and uh, that was when he, where he was spotted by jo- Joey Wright. So Joey Wright thinks he's got one little bit under the radar. 
So if you get a if you get a um a gig as an Australian playing in Spain, uh, you're no slouch. So he's been likened to uh, an upgrade to uh, Majuk Deng, but uh, mm. two hundred six centimeters is a, a genuine size. And uh, I've seen some highlights Same. of him. Uh, he can shoot the three, so he's really that stretch four backup forward that. Uh, is suits the Sixers uh, system down to a T. Yeah, he's versatile, power forward, which is going to be so exciting to see him. But I just want to put this out. Say his name again. Obi Kwai? Obi Kai. Obi Kai. So Obi. How much Star Wars merch are the Sixers <laughs> going to be selling next year? Obi Kai Nobi or whatever his name is. You well, could, well, the, the Sobi one can Obi. Oh, no, no. No. please. <laughs> See, it's, it's so many. Uh, Sobi out, Obi in. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me, we could go with that all day. Um, but that's that's great. So the list is finalised now for the Sixers. So we can no longer stress because two weeks ago we were in all sorts thinking, oh no, it's, we're not going to get anyone signed. But it's great news. We finally got them settled. Um, um, Jace, who spoke with Joey Wright at the airport last week, he seemed pretty relaxed. He was very relaxed, and I spoke to him. I just happened to uh, catch him when he was getting off the plane, and the, the, I did a quick interview with him. Um, we talked a little bit about the imports. He couldn't quite give me the names there and there, but we, I did say uh, Daniel Dillon, who um, mm. was brought up, and he did say he was interested. You know, a couple of days later, they announced that they're signing him. But the one thing that caught my attention when I spoke to him, he said, "I said, how do you feel about you know all the feedback that you got from the last season?" And he said, "Thirty sixes." Fans, just have faith. I know what I'm doing. I've been there before. Just stay on board. So I think the message uh, to all the 36ers people out there is that, you know, here's a guy that's been in the league, a coach that's been in the league for a number of years. He's got there. He's seen he's won a championship before. Just have the faith. He knows what he's doing. He's gone off and recruited some pretty good players now. Um, so there is light at the end of the tunnel for 36ers. And you know what's interesting as well? The story that we were sort of having to, the narrative that we were having to dive into a few weeks ago was the 36ers management didn't have faith in him. Well, clearly, mm. there's a lot of faith there now because he seems to be the man who's brought all these men in and he ain't going anywhere. And he just got off the plane from South America and he said mm. that it, he was refreshed, he was rejuvenated. Well, he was no ready, wonder he's relaxed. He was, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> but he ready to get down to work. And it was, it was a good sign. And, and just having a really nice casual chat with him, he feels like he's ready to get back to work, which is a great thing. And I, and I feel like we did talk a lot about that friction within the club. Mm. Hopefully, and just speaking to him, it feels like there's that's dissipated a little bit. Good. So that's a good thing. That's good that all things are mended there between the two sides because it needs to be united if they want to get anywhere. And what's uh, sort of flown under the radar too is, uh, the Sixers have signed Alex Majonia, who is a, a Sturt Sabres point guard, mm-hmm. uh, about six foot four. He's come from uh, St Mary's, which is the same college that Paddy Mills and uh, Matthew Delavadova both Ooh. went to. So uh, he's uh, he started to, uh, to finish uh, college early and come back to the Sixers as a development player. So obviously didn't uh, didn't like the the college lifestyle, but uh, he was easily the best point guard for his age in 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 Australia. So. For, for him to be in in a development spot at the Sixers is uh, is a uh, one to look out for. So that team is very different to last year, but we'll certainly hopefully expect a better result with a different side on the park, or maybe the court rather. I'm talking park because we want to talk footy. Port Adelaide may be first up off the rank. Uh, a rain-heavy game. Uh, I would know all about that because I was how, sitting how did, on the fence. How did, it, how did it happen? How did it work out? Did you, uh, I looked, I looked you at the radar. Um, <laughs> Snapping, <laughs> Snapchatting, Snapchatting <laughs> us with his microphone in the wet, in the rain, a real filthy 
poncho. Sorry for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crow's yeah. poncho on the sidelines. Crow's poncho on the, you know, on, on you know, on the boundary. Might I add, you know, real feel sorry for me. I'm in the yeah. wet. Meanwhile, yeah. he's on the boundary. Have... Most people had to pay for their tickets, mate. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're, yeah. you're working. Yeah. Look, I'm in a port game and I'm a Crow's fan, so I didn't want to pay to be there. But the fact that I was pretty put there, being paid to sit in the rain uh, was a little harsh. But uh, look, I, I'll I'll take the coin and I'll take the opportunity to be a boundary it, rider. How does it work? Like, seriously, yeah. how does it work with water and electronics Te- technology? <laughs> yes, I've basically got a big clip folder that I've got, and I hide the microphone underneath it. And my headphones that I'm wearing the whole game, I put me hoodie over it so nothing gets wet. But yes, right. it is it is difficult because <laughs> when it starts raining and things get wet, it's hard to uh, keep them dry. Um, but let's talk about the game in particular. Um, good win in the end. Good win. Yes. Interesting that. Uh, Travis Boak wasn't captain, actually, just off the start. Mm. What's going on there? Yeah, uh, well, they want a lead from the, the youngsters, have a lead. Dougal Howe yeah, yeah. got nominated to the coin toss, and mm. then Schofield comes out today and says, you know, he's, uh, his strike rate's pretty good. He's one for one. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he, might keep this ball, he might get the, the job next week as well. A lot of youth, though, in that team. Yeah, there was uh, eight eight players with under 10 games or less. Amazing. So, uh, that's unbelievable, but uh, it's probably if you wanted to play one team uh, with uh, eight players under ten games, it's probably Gold Coast. So, <laughs> yeah. um, or, Ca- or Carlton. Yeah, or jeez, oh, <laughs> they're, uh, yeah, they're they're not too good at the minute, are they? So, uh, but no, de- definitely some good signs. But uh, one one question I have to put up is, what does Jack Trengove have to do to get a game? Like, there's there's school kids getting a game before him now. Well, like, what's yeah. going on? Well, I don't know. I think he's how old like, is he? How old is he? Twenty seven, I believe. I'll right. look it up in a. Second, so what's what's he got to do? You're right. What does he have to do? Maybe it's does he leave? I think he's on a. Uh, I think has he still got a hunger to play AFL football? Because if he I'm does, sure, I don't know. If, I don't know if the club's made a deal with him where he's. They've told him, "Hey, look, literally, you, your last one on the rank, your last yeah. cab on the rank. We've got you here on a, a certain agreement to that's play." That's what it feels like. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that's what's going on. They've got him there on a certain agreement. Everyone would have to fall over. They'd all have to be sick for him to actually mm. get get a squad, uh, spot in the squad. So, so surely, if he's got a hunger for footy at the top level, he doesn't want to stick around. But I, I mean, I don't want to float a, a silly, um, you know, accusation like that. But yeah, I mean, if he does really want to play AFL football and he really is upset about it, um, he wouldn't still want to be at Port Adelaide. So he must mm. be pretty comfortable with it. It's happened for a while now. Yeah, he's the highest paid uh, player in the SNFL. <laughs> yeah, that's thought. right. <laughs> yeah, he's twenty seven. So he's twenty seven yep. years old. Former captain, former cold captain mm. at you know, in Melbourne. So um interesting. I'm not sure what his future holds. He still can play footy. I think Absolutely. he had thirty something on the weekend. Thirty He's gotta be McGarry Medal Thirty seven. Has, has, yeah. 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 has, has to be. Has to be. Has to be leading. Has to be. Has to be. He's just um, you know, been able to dominate in the sand for I'm not I'm just not sure if he's gonna play for the power though. There seems like there's got some sort of uh the deal going on where they've told him, look. Um, we want you here, but you, mm. you're going to be at Sandfield capacity only as a sort of a backup player. It doesn't feel fair, though, does it? Well, that a guy that good can only ta- well, has to take a deal like that. That well, he's agreed, you're only going to play on the second level. He's agreed to it. So. Well, if he has, and clearly he's not fa- phased by it, and then mm. we shouldn't be phased by it. Mm. But we seem to be all outraged about it every week at selection. Why can't he get a game? <laughs> you pose the question, why yeah. can't he get a game? Clearly, he's happy with it. Yeah, must be. But uh, massive month now for Port. They don't play at Adelaide Oval for what, five weeks, so they got to Tassie, China, Perth. Frequent flyer points. Uh, boys <laughs> have just gone uh, through the roof. But uh, those next three games make or break. Crucial. Make Crucial. or break for the for the season. I think they'll uh, they'll win. Uh, they'll win the China game. They'll win. They'll beat St Kilda over there. 
Um, the interesting game is going to be against the Hawks, mm. uh, and then they play Frio, which is not. A, I don't think Frio is going to be a pushover either. No, no way. Especially, they especially never are. in Perth. So, yeah, really uh, make or break a really crucial time for them. Good, probably. Uh, Schofield also said today that there's good team bonding, mm. good chance for them all to bond together. They're going to be away from their families for a lot. Um, so yeah, an interesting time for Port Adelaide. What's it like in China? Did you go to the China game, Dale? You, I, I know in, you went there. I was in China uh, when the China game was on last year, but did you go? Unfortunately, not at the game. No, oh. I sort of missed the uh, flight uh, flights and connecting flights. I had a chance to get on a on a bullet train to get there, but uh, the flight you didn't match get up. There. But I didn't get there. But uh, I did watch it in it's, a it's, Chinese oh, restaurant. Was, oh, yeah, yeah. On the TV, turned it on. I'm like the game's on, and then. The whole restaurant just turned and looked at it and just went, you don't go for the team in red and yeah. yellow, please. <laughs> go for uh, go for the go black, for the black yeah. white, and teal, and then oh, hopefully, well, gladfully, uh, Port started to win and everyone... <laughs> started barracking for the, uh, yeah. And uh, three bottles of scotch later, it was a great day. <laughs> I was going to say, the Port Adelaide have been selling, David Kosh has been selling this game, like the people, you know, selling it over there. They want people in China... To tune in, they want people to see our brand of footy, our our game. Was there any buzz? Was there any hype over there for it? Uh, yeah, there was. First thing I noticed was when uh, when I landed in China, when I walked through the duty free, uh, there was all port, port merchandise. So whether that was aimed at you know um, fans fl- flying over. Mm-hmm. Um, just to get uh, the merchandise order for people just coming into China, the yeah, mar- just marketing to sell the, the, game. The, the game the game was on, and uh, that wasn't even in Shanghai. That was in Guangzhou, which oh, wow. is, is mm. nowhere um, near Shanghai. So um, that's the first thing I noticed. But uh, it's uh, it's a positive move, and the AFL on Tuesday uh, yeah. go, going to announce that they're going to have a um, an a office and a base in Shanghai. Oh, right, mm. this time so, around. So nice. the, the, for good. For good, oh. so, so they're opening a opening opening an office wow. um, uh, in Shanghai. And and when, when you were um, scrolling through to the flick to find the game, how many channels did you have to flick? <laughs> <laughs> and what, what channel? Where was it? <laughs> it was a uh, CCTV five. Uh, uh, that was, yeah. uh, and that's not CCTV no, as we know about yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Chinese television, but. Yeah. Uh, no, it was a no. It was a it was a great day. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, we had to sit through. I had to sit through on Saturday a heartbreaking one point loss for the Adelaide Crows. Um, it was certainly a game for to forget for Elliot Himmelberg, which now raises questions. Oh. Sample wise, is Josh Jenkins after a six goal performance, best on ground, twenty one touches, ready to return to the big stage? What do we think? Uh, yeah, we it wasn't were... best on ground. Oh please, uh, it wasn't best on ground. Who was um, best on? Now come on. Huh? Seedsman. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Better than um, Josh. You're running a real Darren Mitchell sort of vibe here from <laughs> Hope Valley, which we'll touch on later. Uh, no, but... Um, Six goals. Not best on. No. No. Jeez. Not Mark. at all. And I don't Mark. think... And, uh, support Adelaide supporters. And, 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 and uh, Himmelberg came up uh, against the back six. It was a little bit, a uh, little bit better in uh, in the talent stakes and the the, the the six defenders that the Port Maggies wheeled out at, mm-hmm. at Albert and Oval mm-hmm. on Saturday as well. So uh, I don't think it's all that. I that think so. Dry. So in short, I want to ask you now because you seem to be just drawing a line here. Do you think Himmelberg des- deserves to be dropped, and does Jenkins deserve to be put up? No, I don't because Why? Uh, oh, because since Himmelberg's come in, uh, the Crows have won, lost one game by one point. Mm-hmm. So it's it's still it's still but he hasn't it's still not hit- broken. So so why fix it? I think he's playing his role perfectly. But he only scored one goal. He didn't really. Uh, it wasn't that effective on the scoreboard. 
Yeah, but that's uh, you got to give credit to Brisbane too. They're they're, they're no slouches. I, I actually think now that Lions will make top four. Mm. Lions are very exciting good team, team. especially yeah. at home. They play that track really well. So I don't think Jenkins walks back in. But the, the, the bigger issue for me is: is there any danger of tagging Lockie Neal? Is there any <laughs> danger? Did the Crows coaching staff watch the even the Port game against Brisbane? Like fair <laughs> dink. Can, can I go back is, to Himmelberg? Does he stink or something, Lockie Neal? <laughs> Fuck. But he yeah. thirty nine. He has had. A lot of touches and a lot of games, though, Lockie Neal. He's one of the best in the comp he for a reason. He'd be up in the brown at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like the Crows are the first team not to shut him down. But I want to quickly get back to Himmelberg. Um, he and has... no, Matt, no Matt Crouch, too. So if Matt yes. Crouch plays, Crows win. So and then... uh, Probably. But they do. Okay. Um, that's harder to take now. Um, but what we saw with Himmelberg, especially the last few weeks, is his ruck um, talent isn't quite there, as opposed to when Josh Jenkins is around. His rucking is... A little bit better, and look, I'm not saying he's great because that's. I had a little rant not too long ago about why I didn't think he was worth having, especially if he's just being picked as a ruck. Um, his backup ruck is still better than what Himmelberg offers. Himmelberg seems tired; he loses pretty much every contest. And when O'Brien's off the ground, the Crows lose the ball, and the Crows get scored against heavily every time. So, I think the thing is with Himmelberg is unfortunately just his forward efforts aren't going to cut it. Uh, for for yeah. uh, at the top level, and that's probably why Jenkins is getting a, a bit more looked at now. Well, probably heavily this week anyway, compared to normal, because he's got that little extra um, side of him, that ruck work, which he, which he can probably bring to the top level, which the Crows need against better sides. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, as well, um, like going forward, uh, they're going to have Sam Jacobs because going to come back in mm. a couple of weeks' time. So you know, it's going to be a tough one. It's hard. For, it's a good problem to have at the Crows. At the Absolutely. Moment. Can you play Source and Riley O'Brien? I don't think you can no. in this day and age. No, I think that the perfect situation is you have a tall forward or tall back, whatever, who can ruck in the absence of the ruckman who's off the ground for ten, five, ten minutes each quarter, which is what Jenkins and Himmelberg's role is for the Crows. Um, I'm not sure who really does it for Port because you've got two main rucks. Yeah, Lysett, Scotty and... Uh, and, and Paddy Ryder. Paddy Ryder. And Paddy Ryder, yeah, yeah, of course. So you've got a number of options, which is great. But, surely, surely, as well. surely yeah. for desperate. Riley O'Brien can, or Source can go to the goal square for five, ten minutes. Surely. They could snatch a mm. grab. And Riley, look, mm. Riley O'Brien can clunk him too. That's he can, right. He can take a big overhead. Yeah, so what happens, a big catch. Yeah. Mm, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting he's conversation. Off, he's gone off that topic pretty good. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's he's right. out of that one. Oh, look, sorry, sorry, Josh, you're in the sample, buddy. <laughs> uh, Match committee is smoking. But we need to talk about the big topic because we're talking about yes. Ruckman. There's another one that might be entering the, the, this conversation at West Lakes, and I want you guys to, to sort of drive this. Well, we just came out uh, on the news just recently that there's a big star, a big uh, tall at Collingwood, who um, has a brother here that they've just been drafted to Port Adelaide that could well, potentially wants to come home. Well, the reality is, yeah, I, I am from, from Adelaide and, and obviously have my family and my friends there, and that's something that, um, you know, I wouldn't say say no to, to, to being in Adelaide at, at some point in my life. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's something to, to obviously consider. The first thing I think about when I hear um, I wouldn't mind being at Adelaide at some point in my life is I want to come home. That's the first thing that draws attention to me. So The first thing sudden, I hear is he wants to live in Adelaide sometime in his life, not during his career. Why would you if say, he said, I want to live in Adelaide sometime in my career, 
then geez, it, the, he, it would be like getting free games on the poker machine. Brody Grunny's a veteran. He's been around the traps. He knows he if he's knows. saying that, yes. that they're, they're going to pick up on it. Surely. Yeah, he's I not, agree. He's not walking into that minefield. He's just, just, in, just put another fun. zero on that check. He, well, that's, yeah. he knows that the Collingwood fans aren't going to want to hear that. If he said anything like that and he wanted to stay at Collingwood, he wouldn't say anything close to those words. So he knows what he's trying to get out of that interview. Absolutely. But why, why, why would you say that? Well, like Collingwood, well, Collingwood in this well, flag if, window. We're in, the, we're in the game, mate. Why else would you say it? Because yourself, me, Sam, we're all going to be picking this up tomorrow mm. and it's going to be the hottest subject here in Adelaide and that is going to drive his little numbers. They're mm-hmm. going to go even mm-hmm. higher and higher mm. and higher because everyone's going to talk about it. And if he's playing the footy he's playing at the moment, which is outstanding, then it just drives his price up even further. And uh, but isn't it refreshing that uh, someone wants to come to Adelaide, come home to Adelaide? Oh, isn't it? I know. <laughs> let, let, let me just reel off these names. Oh, and here we we'll, go. There's, 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 people they're coming home. No, no, no. no, no. Just, just, oh, I'm okay. going to say let some it, names. Here we go. Patrick Dangerfield, Ricky Henderson, Jack Gunston, Kurt yes. Tippett. Jake Lever, Mitch McGovern, Charlie Cameron, Jared Lyons, Phil Pick Davis. on another club. <laughs> but that's how much it took to get... Bro- if, that, if, if all of them have to walk out to get Brody Grundy in, I'll do the deal right now. Back. You got any port names on that one? Yeah, well, Port, port uh, players that have uh, left. Sean Burgoyne, Josh Carr yep. left, Nick yep. Stevens, Jared oh, Pollock, going back a while. Chad, Chad Wingard, Jack, Jackson oh. Trengove. Goodness me, half of them played back but, in almost the 90s, mate. But then uh, Scotty Lice has come back, Ryan Burton's come home. But oh, now no, it's probably a, not by choice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've got the Crows hat on here. It's refreshing oh, that yeah. someone wants to come to yes. Adelaide. Yes. It is nice. Just because he wants to come to Adelaide doesn't mean he'd be at West Lakes too. Just One, I wonder how much closer to a premiership well, Adelaide would have been if half of those oh. names stayed. Imagine the team, a, a unbelievable team, especially wow. with Dave. It, in Tippett when he was in top form, you got Dave, you got Dangerfield. I in think that the, list. the biggest one there is Gunston Phil Davis. And Phil yeah. Davis, Phil Davis. Him, yeah. he's, he's such a rock down back. Oh, there's some names in there you just wish you never lost. But well, well the question is now, Phil what, Davis what, is South Australian too, so yep. He, he could come true. back. He could come back. <laughs> what are the Crows got to do now to secure Brody Grundy? What have they got to give up to make it worthwhile, entice him? Hey, Brody, we want you. We, you want to come yeah. home? What have we got to give? What are we? How do we make this trade work? Right. I think uh, the, the the deal it has to be close to one point five million a year. <laughs> no deal. It has 1. to be 5? okay. Okay, Dale. Crows struggled giving six hundred to Jenkins. <laughs> We and don't get uh, a Brody for a decade. Rue almost had a heart attack when he was signing the check. <laughs> <laughs> we will go broke agree? for a decade, do, do Dale. You, do you agree that Brody Grundy's three times a better player as Josh Jenkins? It's not. Oh, yet we know that Jenkins three, is overpaid. Three, time, I said, I said, three um, times no. He's I, not three times a better player. He's twice as good. Yes. Twice as good. Twice so, as good. Well, it's it's got to be minimum a million a year. Minimum. Okay. Has to be minimum a million a year. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, Texas, and, and, he's on more than that means he's on more than the captain. Yes, but if you if you the line up, I'm just, saying, is not yes. the I'm just saying he's on more than the captain. But that's right. You line up Tex and you line up Grundy. Who's better? I reckon everyone's picking Grundy before Tex in most teams. Yes. Brody Grundy's the best player in the comp. Exactly right. So he deserves more coin. It doesn't matter if you're captain or not. So I know what you're saying. Yeah. So it's it's minimum. We have to agree. It's minimum. It'd be one, minimum. Yeah, it would be around yeah. a mil. Yeah. Yes. So it's not one point five. That's another. Gonna, that's half an extra salary. They're going to have to give up something else, though. So, 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 so in the in the trade in the trade. So there's the Carlton 
pick, which is pick one. So yep. clearly yep. that that's on the table. That's, Collingwood will want yep. that. Uh, the Crows should throw in their own first round pick, which yep. pick. we might be in the teens yep. somewhere. Teens. Yep. And I think you, if you you got to package Fourth. Jenkins as well. Oh, geez. So you're going to dish off three <laughs> and a million bucks, two first rounders and Jenkins. <gasps> To Collingwood, it, and, that, and, that, you, and and if you do the sums, that's one point five million dollars in salary. Are you throwing out the baby with the bathwater? Are you giving up too much? That's almost a no deal for me. That's that's a lot. That's a, the Crows fans. If if something if he gets injured, you know, touch you know, touch wood, you don't, yeah. don't want to see anything like that. But if he, yeah, but that's, or if he loses form, if he gets injured, and I know that's part of the the game. That's no part risk, of the deal. no reward. Yeah, but it's a lot. It's a, they're giving up a lot. Is he worth it? That's that's the thing. Is he mm. worth I, I, it? Does he change? Does he change the side that much? Does he change? Does he? Does it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So how, you, how how can a ruckman influence the side that much? Because he's a fourth midfielder. He gets hard ball. Gets he can kick. He can kick the ball. He's got great. But you're going to pay him more than Buddy Franklin. Yeah. Or he's wor- he's mm. worth more to Collingwood than Buddy is to the Swans. Mm. Right? At least he's on the park. For a start. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a good start <laughs> if he is playing. Uh, well, it's it's fascinating because Grundy is he's highly sought after. Any, everyone would want him. Uh, but the Crows, I don't feel like the Crows would afford, or they would want to pay 1.5 plus give yeah. away three major assets. There's, there is no part of me that... F- it would believe the Crows could possibly but, do but that. But they're assets that they were going to use anyway. So they were going to pay... Don't, they're going to pay mm. Jenkins, so you know. So r- I'd rather pay Birdie Grundy. Would they give away Jenkins. one well, pick they, in Jenkins? Well, not want... two. Mm. Would They'll they be, give away one? It, it's it's Colin. Collingwood will play a, a hard ball. Oh, yeah, that's of course. They're going to make a hard. They're going to drive a hard but deal. Number one, number one for sure. Um, I think the throw in the second first rounder just 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 to keep just to get it done. Maybe the the, the deal could become more complicated too. They could throw in mm. um, different players like. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Travis Varco wants to come home. Yes. Maybe you know something like that. So there could be could be a third party in it. Could be a third party. You 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 never know. So, but interesting uh, times. As, as long as Crows fans but, get uh, Brody Grundy in in the hoops, um, I think it, whatever whatever it takes. Every Crows fan has to have to barrack now for Collingwood to win the flag because that will get him. <laughs> <laughs> that, That's how nice it worked. That, that'll get him across a lot. There's a lot going through his head, no doubt about that. And speaking of things, a lot of things going through someone's head, Tom Boyd. He mm. has had a really mm. tough run with mental health issues the last, probably, well, the last couple of years maybe as well. Um, and has unfortunately decided to pull the pin on AFL football and uh, retired last week. And Luke Beveridge, his coach, basically came out and uh, and was showed a lot of emotion uh, when he when he spoke about um, Tom's decision. And uh, look, it's it's led into a conversation about mental health in football. And um, and look, it's a really it's a really interesting one. Yeah, it's it's a sad day that when we see a, a twenty three year old superstar or a kid of the game retire so young and so early, that it makes you question, you know, exactly what's going on in these players' minds, exactly, you know, what sort of pressures they face that we don't necessarily see. And it was interesting when uh, Luke Beveridge talked in his press conference. He fought back tears actually. He I, did. I watched it a couple of times, and um, you know, you could see how much pain and anguish that he felt that Tom had been through. And then he sort of went and. and pointed the finger at someone in the media. He mm. labelled them saying that, you know, it had a, had a black soul and 
Um, it was a bit heartless how they scrutinised Tom over his journey. You know, Tom had only played 60 games in total. I think he was drafted. Uh, and then we went number one, and then he was one, offered yeah. a million bucks to go to the Bulldogs after a handful of games. So there was a lot of pressure on him to perform. Obviously, he had injuries, and um, he didn't quite live up to the expectations that everyone um, thought he was going to. He was able to score that amazing goal. He played an amazing game. Probably should have won a Norm Smith in the, in the Bulldogs grand final in yeah. 2016. Played an amazing game. Um, but then sort of went off and derailed just when everyone thought the footy was you know at his fingertips. So the footy world was at his fingertips. So it's, it's a sad day, but it just makes you question, uh, maybe the media has a big part to play in, in how much we scrutinise players on a daily basis. And I know that, you know, we are always looking for the next story and we know that we're, you know, hunting it and chasing, you know, so it, it's partly, you know, our fault that we mm-hmm. perhaps, you know, lead this pressure or, or um, put this pressure on the players mm-hmm. to make sure that they are, you know, getting the most out of themselves or the extra pressure they feel. So it's a bit of a conversation of, you know, how, mm-hmm. how much do we affect how they feel and, and what goes through their minds. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. Now, I feel for Tom Boyd massively because mm-hmm. I know a few uh, few players uh, personally that uh, have gone gone through similar similar situations, and uh, it's not Tom Boyd Tom Boyd's fault at all either. So it's not his fault that uh, GWS picked him at pick one. No, it's not his fault that uh, Chris Grant came with a million dollars. So all this all this scrutiny on him. Um, in the end, uh, unfortunately, it was uh, too 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 much for him to bear. But uh, and I think yeah, well we do play some sort of part because you know you always say uh, oh this player is going to be the next Buddy Franklin, it's mm. the next uh, you know Nat Fife, it's this and yeah. that, and then you go whoa, geez, this guy's only played like five or six games. That's but, right. Uh, Which is like exactly what we're saying just before about Brody Grundy. You know, we're yeah. offering him one point five million bucks. You come here, he will be a star. You know, mm. how much is that? affect him and how much the pressure will he be under knowing that he's maybe one of a handful of million dollar players here in Adelaide. I'm really glad you brought this conversation up, Jace, because it is such a, it's such a, look, it's it's almost taboo in some places Absolutely. to talk about mental health and yet we need to talk about it because especially us in the media have a conversation about what the impact we have. We have such heavy voices and we're not talking just about us three because we don't really, we're not mainstream media as such, but the, the, the big commentators out there who are on the news and the big talk shows every week who really do have strong opinions on these players and will tweet stuff on social media and it cuts through sometimes to the players and I feel for I'm going to name a couple of players here imagine like Jack Watts the amount of years he played for Melbourne and was scrutinized heavily and like more than heavily like it was enormous the amount he had to cop and probably carry for the amount of years there he's come to Port Adelaide for something fresh Thankfully, he's found his feet a little better here, and he's playing better football. He's just landed injury, unfortunately, but he'll be back and stronger again. Um, but he's—I he, can't imagine what he went through. Jonathan Patton, another—he was yes. number one pick. He's had injury after injury after injury. He's never really performed, but he's copped it too. And I think I feel for those players who, especially, I'm just pointing out number one picks mainly, but there's plenty of others too out there. But these are the players that, mm. God, imagine what they're going through. He's not, he's not the first one tomboy. And it's just uh, interesting now that Twitter and Facebook and social media is so prevalent now in mm. our uh, society that, you know, players, uh, they see all the comments, they read about all the comments straight after their game. And I love, I love what Port Adelaide has yeah. adopted where they throw away the phones for an hour after the game. Not, no player's allowed to touch their phones. Mm. And it's just about them uh, in that little group or that little tight um, circle getting around each other after, after the game. 
game and not listening to any outside noise. So I really like that that they've taken that approach and hopefully they you know, helps the players. If it just helps the players a little bit to, you know, get over a bad game or if they haven't done something right in the game or if they feel like they need a bit of time, you know, to discuss things with their fellow teammates, maybe that's what the answer is and, and they feel that support from the club. The sad part about it, though, at the end of the day is that players like Tom Boyd are now retiring from the game immediately at such a young... And, and it that sucks. Like, that... That's really upsetting as a fan. And as a member of the media, I feel a little bit disappointed that we played a part because mm-hmm. Luke Beveridge would know his man more than anything. Mm-hmm. And he, when he's pointing out at his initial press conference about this situation that he will point out at a journalist, not he didn't name a name, but we most people would know who he was talking about. He actually pointed him out, basically, and said some pretty heavy things about him. That The fact that that plays a giant role is really, really disappointing as a member of the media that we are probably cutting through to these players. They're hearing it and they're taking it personally and we forget that and we and we should be better than that. Yeah, and the, the, the number one pick, I think, is the is w- where it all starts. That's so mm. heavily mm. criticised to be the number one pick, and especially if uh, Jack Watts um, is a perfect example because Nick Natanui was number two and... Mm. Um, you, you you can go along year after year after year. Like, uh, well, Isaac Rankin and Jack Lacoches aren't going to cop the same scrutiny as <laughs> no. um, you know who was this year's was, first. Sam, I think, think no, Sam, Sammy Walsh is Walsh, Sam Walsh. That's right. He's yeah. he's holding his own at the that's minute. Right. But uh, uh, with Tom Boyd, I reckon it started with with that number one pick, and then going to an expansion team, and yeah, it, it sort of it, it all it all started from that. But uh, the, and good on him for 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 coming out and mm. and doing this because there, there would have I reckon there's at least oh, heaps of players that are still running around in the system with the same issues, maybe even with even worse symptoms than Tom Boyd that are are just uh, trying to get through because uh, you know the the, um, the career span of an AFL footballer and the money that can be made is uh, is pretty short. I just hope the media now can take check. They can learn a little bit about this now that he's opened up about how he feels and how he. Uh, and how Luke Beveridge feels about how he was treated. So hopefully that we can take a little bit away from it and probably not, you know, be as so confrontational or so divisive when it mm. comes to this sort of, sort of um, these players in these situations. Let's move on into a, an area which, um, Jace, I know you want to talk about, the mid-season draft. You've been down at Norwood just the last few hours. I literally hours. just come from there. Yeah. Where I was just speaking to Jared Cotton. Um, yeah, we're doing a little interesting story on a couple of the, what the team's doing going forward for the rest of the year. And I <laughs> um, I happened to have a chat with him um, about the mid-season draft. And I said, hey, you know, you've got a couple of players going over to get medical. So mm. well, actually one player going over who's uh, Matty uh, Nunn, who plays for them. He's going over to get a medical for the AFL for the mid-season draft. And I said, how do you feel about it? And he goes, I don't like it. And he says, we're not getting compensated for it. It's it's not it, they haven't really thought it through enough for what the and I and I and I understand that the Sample is a feeder club or the Sample mm. is a feeder league into the AFL but they still feel like they're getting a little bit not getting enough out of uh, having one of their best players all of a sudden plucked to go possibly play AFL football even though he said I understand that this is his dream and I'm happy for him to fulfil his dream it's just the way it is at the moment they just need a little think it through a little bit more. How about the player? Did you speak to Matty? Yeah, Maddie I spoke Nutt? to Matty. He, he, he can't wait. <laughs> so, so there you go. The, the two sides. It's just so His heart really beats true, doesn't it? So, so you know, he's uh, looking forward to it. He's, uh, he's just got him back from a hip injury, so he's just hoping that he passes the medical. So I think he's looking forward to 
it. He, he understands that the club has done everything possible to, you know, support him in every way possible. So it'll be sad if he leaves. But, you know, he, at the same time, he wants to achieve his dream. It's fascinating how both sides, you know, there's there's one side that obviously has to approve it. That's the club yep. and the coach. Yep. And yet he's not a big fan and he's not happy to do it. But he has to sign away because he understands that this is the situation we're in. We are essentially a feeder league. And he just has to accept it. And it sucks because... He shouldn't have to be in that position. The mm. sample shouldn't be... I understand they're a feeder league, but not mid-year. Once you've got your team in March, that's it. You're stuck with the same blokes. But unfortunately, people like Jared Cotton and other coaches around the place may lose players yeah. the same colour of, of Matty Nunn and, and go into go into another league. I think they should... Uh, Jared yeah. Cotton and all their sample coaches should go and... Uh talk to some NBA G League uh, oh, please. coaches. Oh, please, Dale. There's uh, the players going uh, left, right and centre there. Are we there. the NBA? I... Well, we have, like, well, the AFL professional Come. sport. So uh, we're, it's a... we're a football, we're a unique game. We don't need to end this conversation again. I think uh, I think uh, the Glenelg Football Club will get to hit the, hit the yeah, most. they've got Hosey you know, Hose, no, Hose and um, the, who's the other one, the, the forward? The Corey got... Gregson. Gregson, that's mm. it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and the Eagles with Jordan Foote. Jordan Foote, I think he's so, a... He's a no, that'd be a big loss if guaranteed. he ends up back in the AFL system. He's such a good player in the midfield. And uh, the, big man, the big man, Noel. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's so huge, There's a few players. There's all of them getting on a plane in a couple of days time so it'll be interesting to see how they go the past their medicals and then uh, next Monday next Monday is, is going to be the, the mid-season draft wow so it's all on the one night Monday night Monday night fantastic mm. well we'll be uh, basically recording for Tuesday at that time so next episode on the press box you'll certainly have the, the full uh, rundown of what happened on uh, on draft night which would be great um, not to my pleasing but anyway let's move into the Reds um, Adelaide United very fascinating scenes there's a lot of s- stories going around post uh, our semi-final <laughs> loss, um, which was in dramatic fashion against Perth. But um, look, Dale, your man Val has just been... He's been on the phone to everyone. He's been on a one-on-one basis with the new man, yet he hasn't been announced. Yeah, so the the Adelaide United's uh, new coach that uh, isn't the new coach yet, but uh, is the new coach. What's his uh, name? Gurgen Verbeek. Good work. Gurgen Verbeek. 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 Do-day, do-day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he he's already trying to sign players, and he hasn't even been announced. So, um, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Who's he getting? So uh, he's he's flagged on uh, Fox Sports uh, Netherlands that mm. uh, that he's a uh, he's uh, trying to sign uh, Iron Robin, the, the Dutch the superstar. superstar, the what? Dutch superstar. What's so, the Reds? Head to the Reds. Bayern so, Munich. They'll have to oh fork goodness. out more than what they're what we're going to pay for Grundy. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he, so he won't be Brody Grundy won't be the uh, most uh, most expensive uh, um, f- footballer in uh, South Australia. But uh, he then uh, go on uh, went on to say on Fox Sports Netherlands that uh, the playing budget of the Reds will have to triple to um, to uh, get I can't see that and get uh, Mr. Robin uh, yeah. in. So um, sorry, Mr. Robin, you won't be here in Adelaide. But, uh, we love you. It's uh, it, it, it's it. fascinating. Fascinating to uh, to read that uh, he's uh, recruiting, and he hasn't even ticked. He hasn't even so, been ticked off as the coach. Should we expect him to be named anytime soon? Like if he's yeah, uh, surely Adelaide United's PR sit up, but they're going, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Like our clubs are being connected with all this stuff with this bloke. We mm. probably should put a put our name to it already. If or if he's not, I think, like uh, the bigger news Val had uh, was um, in Monday's paper that. Uh, Marco Kurtz has been sounded out by Melbourne Victory to replace uh, Kevin Musket, who uh, who uh, pulled the pin uh, today. T- today. Mm. So, uh, wouldn't that be uh, absolute? Uh, 
That, that, you, know, you, I, you think you know, I'm a traitor yeah, supporting yeah. Melbourne United? <laughs> the, the Reds fans will. Oh, geez, fit, well, what I think would it'd happen? fit in in Melbourne too because yeah. they love the you know the stuff the, the, the hard on your sleeve sort of stuff. They'd they'd, they'd love, love the double cobras into the yeah. stands. <laughs> they'd, 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 they'd get around that. As not, if not we, us here though. As if us Adelaide fans would feel like he's a traitor. He was the one who got booted by us. Mm. We're the ones that stuffed up. We didn't want him to go, but well, he's maybe been all the Reds to. fans will f- follow to Melbourne. Surely, Reds Where fan? The, Yeah, no, oh. we probably should. We should yeah. follow our coach. Our man. No, that's ridiculous. I'm not a Victorian. I'm not doing that. I'm sticking with my Reds. Verbeek, uh, he's, he's our man now. He, he, can, he can recruit whoever he wants, and if they're good, if, they, if he can get Robin on a discounted price... Welcome, welcome to uh, the city does, of churches. Does he get Batman if he gets Robin as well? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. how are you no? going to do that? I don't know. We have to ring up Bruce <laughs> Wayne, I suppose. That's all. Wayne Enterprises, do a deal. So we, uh, before we hop into one of our segments, look, Root of the Week this week is massive. It, this, there's a story coming which is made for Root of the Week. So we'll get to that shortly. Um, but I want to quickly talk about the election. I know we're a bit, we're a sports show, but the election was fascinating on a media scale because every single channel. Across across our Australian television this week had uh, some sort of coverage from like six o'clock onward that night. The election coverage and everyone had their experts in every little corner. Did you tune in and did you care? Uh, yes, I, I cared. Uh, I, I tuned in. It was it was uh, fascinating. Mm. It's uh, when, when it only comes around once every three years. That's probably mm. enough too. Just, just yeah, quietly. True. Um, but uh, I thought I thought it was fascinating, just uh, especially being living in different parts of Australia, which I have, uh, so n- know the ins and outs of different different electorates around the country. So um, and and how uh, they voted, and s- some of the seats changed significantly mm. too. So uh, yeah, it was a it was fascinating. It was sort of it's sort of like a, a sports game. It is, isn't because it? Because there's the scoreboard. That's right. There's uh, <laughs> there's the Manhattan Grass or the one day one day internationals. Except, and the, except our future rides. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but uh, geez, I'd, I'd I'd hate to be sports. I'd hate to be. I was going to say I'd hate to be sports. But they uh, they decided that they were going to pay out a little bit early on uh, oh. Bill Short and getting up. And gee, they had red faces on Saturday night. What Ooh. a cock up! Honestly, that was just the worst move. But everyone I was sold. I, I hope ScoMo put the whole surplus on at seven bucks. <laughs> we'd, we'd definitely be. In How good would that have been? <laughs> Australia in a great place, right there. Uh, but it, like you said, it's like a sports game, right? Mm. And you're sitting there fascinated by the numbers and how they're all going. And look, I think I think television's amazing how they throw all this money at the set and the graphics yeah. and the way they present the numbers yeah. and, and how they try to sell it to you and how something's going to happen. Like they, they're projecting and, and predicting the future. It's unbelievable. Like mm. I wish sports were like that. In, there's, the drama is unbelievable. I, I, we'll talk to Will Goodings shortly yeah. on our show. I'm going to ask him about his election coverage we did on 5AA. Yeah. They went from quarter to seven all the way to just about midnight, I think it was. And I tuned into probably 70, 80% of it because it was just unbelievable how much you just soak up in this as it's developing. Like it's an ongoing, you can't see it, but you're hearing about it and you want to know what's happening. Tell me the next bit. What's what's next? Like it's awesome. Yeah, no, I was I was fascinated. <laughs> I was genuinely fascinated. But um, the um, the the big thing for mine is there's not one boundary rider with uh, a poncho on. <laughs> there's five hundred and thirty-five thousand boundary riders. <laughs> they go everywhere, everywhere right across everywhere. Australia. And you know what? The people they're interviewing. 
have hundreds of people behind them, yeah. like they're their little, their children. It's unbelievable the the volunteers that are involved in this as well. So, look, of course, a federal election is always going to be a fascinating thing. But I just love watching how the different TV stations mm. do it, how they uh, put the graphics together and try and present it to us, and then even our radio station did it as well. Like it's just mm. amazing how everyone can get caught up and swept up in it. Um, we're going to head off to uh, a very special guest now. I think it's time we do chat. It's only timely we chat to the man who was involved in the 5AA election coverage, um, but also our breakfast show and uh, also reads the sport every single weekday on 10 News First Adelaide. He's brilliant at what he does. His name is Will Goodings, and we caught up with him earlier. Oh, we've delivered the goods this week, I can tell you that. And I mean that literally because we've got Will Goodings in the building. He's from 5AA Breakfast and he's also from 10 News First, the new sports presenter there on TV every single day. Will, welcome to you, mate. Happy to be here. Delighted. I've been following the progress of this podcast closely through my man, Jace Kemp, Channel 10. I tell you what, your career is just going from strength to strength to strength. I I was waiting for the invite, and I feel like uh, it's the only way's up. You know, this is very exciting, that's for sure. I want to start with this. Uh, We're recording at 10 past 8 at night, and uh, this is usually your bedtime. So what are you doing here? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Look, I haven't asked myself that at all over the course of the last 15 or 20 minutes. No, uh, 9.15 is my bedtime. I'm a strict 9.15. That's, that's, yeah, that's where I draw the line. So if we're going to 9.15, uh, I'll fall asleep at the desk. That's all. But yeah, otherwise... Yeah, I'm good. I'm good for an hour. <laughs> we'll get you out of here early. Um, you, you've got a fascinating story, Will. Um, and we're going to go. Oh, really? Over... You do. You really do. <laughs> what have you been reading? Oh, well, enough. Enough to know that you've come from radio, um, and you're now in TV. And even before that, there's a whole bunch of stuff that no one really knows. So we need to ask you about it. Um, starting with getting into radio, um, your old man yep. was obviously on TV for many years, Graham Goodings. Um, yep. Everyone knows his story. We want to know yours. How did you get into radio and basically the world of media? Uh, so r- radio specifically, I did um, at Flinders University Radio at 101.5 uh, on North Terrace it was. Radio Adelaide. Radio Adelaide. Radio That's where Adelaide. I went. Is that right? Yes. There you go. Yeah, it's the birthplace <laughs> of uh, all the greats. Um, <laughs> so, w- w- and we we started in the in the prime time position. A good friend of mine, Garth, uh, and I, we both we were studying politics at Flinders University, and um, we were clearly had a lot of promise because we got given the three to four hour, three to four a.m. Uh, once Ooh. a week, um, which was pretty. Uh, you know, it was a graveyard. It, it was the it was, well. Yeah. I mean, they sold it to us as they, this is the one everyone wants. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> this, is, this is you. This is your university audience. Yeah. So we did that once a week, and it, honestly, it was the most. It was an hour's worth of the most rambly combination of like weird political observations, odd bits of sp- like like randomly there'd be sort of you know did you see that umpiring decision on the weekend type <laughs> stuff, and then mixed in with I can tell you exactly I can still remember to this day it was mixed in with like odd indie music and the occasional. Pulp Fiction reference or <laughs> soundbite yeah. if we could get the computers working. That was that was the first sort of thing we ever did, and I did that for about a year, a year or two, and we did a different couple of versions of that. Um, and I I loved it. I just it was such a great medium. It's you get such freedom, and I'm, my father would 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 speak to me occasionally about it and um, give some tips and pointers and try and make some sense of it all. <laughs> and he said, look, you know, that you realise that... Look, at that point in my life, I didn't have a career path or mm. m- many prospects whatsoever. I was trying to be an actor at Flinders University yeah, right. and studying politics for fun. And he said, you know, this is something that people get gainfully employed to do. 
Uh, and I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll try and do that. The only thing I had, it wasn't funny or cool, and I knew nothing about music, so <laughs> I had to do talkback radio. Uh, it's the only thing that sort of broadly fit with what I was interested in and liked. Um, and so I, I just started randomly calling the program director at uh, 5AA. I was 23 at the time. How old are you, Sam? I'm 23 right now. Okay, right. There's was there's not too many talkback announcers that are yeah. 23 around the place. So they said no. But praise be, they got desperate one December <laughs> and there was literally no one who could do a mid-dawn on like a Saturday. It was the Saturday before the Kevin 07 election day. Wow. And I thought, wow. well, that's fortuitous because it's sort of in my wheelhouse. Mm. Um, so that at least helps me connect on some level with an audience base that's going to be way older. And that was my first night. Pulled wow. up. Got introduced on the air in this very studio no by way. the great Bob Francis. Wow. 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 Yeah. Who, 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 who I listened to through high school, like so many people had done, uh, and even, even younger than that. And I had this really bizarre moment of, holy, <laughs> yeah, it's Bob Francis <laughs> is introducing me to the air. And he, he's because he said, boy, come in, come in. I was in the next studio. <laughs> And uh, he said, "Yeah, we got this. Uh, there's a new voice tonight. Make, give him, make sure you give him a call and make him feel welcome." And I was like, "Oh wow, this is pretty amazing. That's unreal." So now on Network Ten as the mm. sports uh, presenter, how, yep. how how did that all work out? How did that come about? Um, yeah, that was uh, that was that one came out of the blue, and um, it was remarkable in so far. I I'd always wanted to sort of somehow shoehorn my way into working in sport. I always had a desire there. It's an absolute mad passion of mine. I'm absolute sports obsessed. Uh, and they they had an opportunity where um, someone was uh, Nick Butler was was um, moving back to Melbourne, uh, and they said uh, I, I caught up with out of the blue got a phone call and I got this you know very strange sort of can we catch up we can't say what it's about can we catch up and I thought oh, that sounds promising uh, either that, either that <laughs> here we go either that or it's a it's a debt collector or something <laughs> I don't, it was it was bizarre but uh, so we went to this meeting and they said and and um, news director um, uh, Fiona uh, Fiona Clark said. You're not going to know. This is going to surprise you, but we want you to work in sport. And she said, "We we, we think with your experience being presenting and whatnot that that's a role. And we know this is something you're deeply passionate about." And she said, "You're the only human being alive who live tweeted the AFL draft the other night. Um, that must that qualifies you on some level as someone who cares far too much about sport." <laughs> um, so, and, and she was talking about, it, and then I had to do the whole thing of trying to play it cool, as though there's no way I was going to say no to this job. Right. I'm like, oh yeah, well you know I need some more information. I'm thinking, <laughs> yes please. <laughs> well, this is happening. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that's and, – and, and they were at pains to, to say at 10, they've been absolutely fantastic with my sort of dual work requirements. And they said, look, we can we can do both. Uh, you can We can work around that. And suddenly I thought, well, hang on, I get this – now I get to be in this world where I do politics in the AM and sport in the PM. And literally there are only two things in this world that I generally talk about. So it it's, was too good an opportunity to pass up. So how does a, a, a day work out, like from, from the morning mm. straight through, give the listeners a – Timetable. Before, before you start on uh, just a particular day, yeah. let's okay. just wind it back to his first day. And, yes. uh, and when you go, oh, to, here we go. When you go to your workplace, when you go to your workplace on your first day, <laughs> yeah. there's a bit of nerves. You've got to meet a lot of oh, new yeah. people, a lot of uh, uh, faces. You're trying to uh, collectively get it all together. You want to impress as well, exactly. Oh, and, yeah. and I feel like um, Will might have just struggled in that area. On the first day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't, yeah. I want you to tell yeah. the, I want you to tell Thank the, you, Joe. Only because you told it the other night. Thank you, Joe. I want you to tell the story about what happened on your first day. So I, yeah, there, there, <laughs> I turned up for this week beforehand with, we're just going to get up to speed in training you what to do. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, you read, you turn up. And uh, 
The first conversation I remember having with someone was about the language of televisions. And none of this made sense to me. It's LVOs, upsots, this. And and it was just being spat at me. And I'm thinking, well, this is weird. I don't know what the hell anyone's talking about here. <laughs> and it was being said to me as though it all made sense. And I thought, okay, well, that's, that's, that's interesting. Then I had to go to the desk and they said, watch Beck read. Watch Rebecca Morse read and see what you, you know, and, and just get a sense of what it's like. And I sat there and I'm like, oh, I'm going to be sitting here doing this at some point. Okay, cool. And she's reading and I'm looking at the, the auto cue come down the, the, the thing. And she didn't make a mistake. And she's, it was the inflection was perfect and the nuance. And I'm reading it. And I just thought, you're stuffed here. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are buggered. You have, what in the hell are you doing? And I had this full moment like, can, can you make a graceful retreat? Like, what do I say from this point? It's day one. And so I gave myself a moment and, and I went to the bathroom and I thought, I just need to just gather myself because I'm a little bit overwhelmed here. And in the process, uh, in the cubicle, I dropped my phone in the toilet. Oh, no. This is, yeah. You're lying. I dropped my phone in the bowl. And, and, I, and there I am in a business shirt with the sleeve rolled up, fishing out of the S-bend my phone on my first day at Channel 10. Oh. Oh, I don't know. It's gotten better since then, though. Yeah, that's right. No, no. I, 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 I only occasionally have my hand in the toilet bowl these days. I've cut that out of the repertoire. Uh, Sounds yeah. like some sort of initiation. Yeah, I know. If, if only it was designed by someone other than myself. That would have been much more understandable. But yeah, it was a, it was a nervy start. Thank you, Jase. A very nervy start. So since then, you've obviously read a few bulletins now. You're a few, yep. well, a couple of months in now. Fantastic. Four, three, four months, yeah. How, what are some of the challenges you still face? Or is it pretty easy? The challenge I face personally is coming from radio, which is such an unstructured medium where uh, you, you've got time to be expansive, you talk. My whole experience working in media, even other things that I'd done, had mainly been in an unscripted sort of environment. You go to TV and suddenly the expectation is perfection. That you know, you, they, they can't be stammers, they can't be stu- stutters. They need it read accurately, and the first time, and you get you get one go. Mm. And the live element, not not a big deal, but typically it's something like this where you get to sort of converse, and you know, you can talk yourself into a cul-de-sac and then get out of it. Yeah. But there, it's it's one take. Is I found it a very different sort of a discipline. Um, and you know what? The other thing is, you're on radio on a standard program for three hours, so you can have a good moment and a bad one. <laughs> the sports bulletins, what, Jay? Seven minutes? Eight minutes. Yeah. Eight minutes yeah. on a good night, yeah. unless we get cut one if out. We, if we and get you can't stuff a second, can you? That, that's right. Yeah. It's exactly right. And you can't you, you can't be a little bit more expansive with things, or you can't sort of be a little more liberal with your language. You've got, got to be tight, and you've got to be accurate. So that that's a different discipline. I must say, you have uh, made the transition. Very nicely, though. What's been some of the biggest uh, surprise or, or uh, biggest uh, moments that you've had since you've been at 10? Um, oh, you know what surprised me is is um, the the amount of support you have in terms of everything that happens. Like, a package rolls and people just come out of everywhere, fluffing hair, taking things off your jacket, <laughs> making sure your tie's straight. Someone's talking in your ear saying five seconds here, ten seconds here. You've got a floor manager, you've got camera people. There's an in- incredible amount of just manpower that goes into the precision that's required there. Mm. And just having all that going on was a sort of a culture shock where uh, radio's an all, uh, a smell of an oily rag type operation. Where it's done, there's you and you, there's your producer. I hosted a, an afternoon show for um, for two years and it was literally a producer and I, and it, that was all the people you had in the world. You go to TV and there's a whole process. You go to makeup, you go to hair, and that's a whole thing that is like, I'm never going to get around my head around that. That's 
I, I sit that makeup channeling. What's going on here? Has your old man who's been on uh, television for so many years and has done it so well and is highly respected? All the tips he gave to you, I'm sure he's been able to get in your ear a little bit, and you've, or at least you've asked him. Actually, who asked first? Who asked to do? Well, did you approach Graham for some tips, or did he come to you and say this is what you should be doing? Oh, no, I, I, <laughs> um, I went to him first because I asked him whether I should do the job originally. I, I, when I had the original chat with Ten, I said, "What do you think?" Because I was thinking I've still got my breakfast show, and that's a big part of my life, and it's been something we've been we've built up for three or four years. And I, what, what effect does that have when I go from being uh, a largely a political or current affairs mm. commentator then working in sport? And I had all quick queries about how that. Might might look uh, and he said just do it you're absolutely mad if you don't do this mm-hmm. uh, and then of course over the course of the, the first week and whatnot he, he, he dad's approach is you know everyone's got to make their own mistakes yeah. pretty much and he is very hands-off in that sense he, if you ask he'll tell you um and he doesn't miss but he he's very he just said look be yourself you, you'll get a, a comfortability factor with it but you can't force it over time and it, you, you know, he said you do things like live reads every single day on radio. Mm. It's a similar sort of a discipline. You just need to get comfortable with your material and you need to be able to uh, bring a bit of personality to it. So what is a normal day? Normal um, day, yeah. When's it start? When's it <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We all it, know it finishes at 9.15. Yeah, let's start there because that's the most important one. I get really grumpy after 9.15. So 9.15 <laughs> is the bedtime because I get up at 4.15. Oh. And, I don't, and these things are... I'm specific about it because it's like mil- I'm put sort of military uh, regimentation. Yeah. I got up at four fifteen, uh, get in at work here at um, five thirty. I like to do a lot of the work before I get in to double A in the morning. Write a bit, write a few bits and pieces, research what the big stories are going on around. I get in there at five thirty. Our show finishes at nine. We're usually out of here by uh, by by ten. Uh, and no one fact checked that. It's never earlier than ten o'clock, um, <laughs> and and or sometimes later if I've got commercial interests. And I'll try and do some exercise for an hour, get home, sleep for an hour, uh, and then get ready and go back into ten basically. Uh, right. So all it means is, is no, it's no big deal. It's just be, I, I, I'm so my whole life is the clock. It's just mm. unbelievable. Now this is a sport podcast. Yeah. We haven't really touched on who you follow in any sort of sport, and uh, in actual fact, you got to um, do some commentary on them recently. Yeah, I'm a big Crows fan, Jase. Um, uh, love the Adelaide Football Club, and yeah, it was a great privilege. You got to call two games earlier this year. Uh, I've got some more coming up. Calling uh, the the Port game in Tassie uh, coming up this weekend. In fact, take your jacket. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be chilly. I don't know what the facilities are like at Launceston. I'm not sure. We've, we've got a card table or have uh, we got a sort of canvas tent or something around <laughs> that we can broadcast from inside. Deck chair, deck your own deck chair. Uh, but yeah, oh, brought, calling footy, greatest fun you could ever have in the world. I absolutely loved the opportunity. Um, and uh, Sam was directs things behind the scene to make sure when I have no idea what's going on in terms of how we do the broadcast <laughs> that somehow it does come together. But yeah, I've got the, just just the best fun I've ever had in my life. It's hey, such great fun. You've all actually also got two co-hosts you've got Pembo in the yep. morning and yep. you've got Rebecca Morse yep. at night oh, yeah. what's the go. pros and cons with both of those two <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jace Jace you're trying to get me in I can see where this is going I can see where this is going um, okay I'll, let's go through it so um, uh, David uh, is, is less punctual than Rebecca <laughs> <laughs> she seems to be there uh, on time Um Rebecca um, is is better dressed than David yeah. on, <laughs> on most occasions. Um, they, they, you know what? They're actually totally uh, different in terms of their approach. Beck is just the ultimate professional. Mm-hmm. 
she she's running the rule over a script. She's um, uh, I just realised what the opposite of this is, and it doesn't sound good. But I'm going to get there, and it's going to sound better than what the, where this has started. Um, but but you know, Beck is a is a is is a, is an absolute pro yeah. in that position. She does it. David is laid back. David is a creative kind of a guy that comes in and you know he can turn up five minutes into the program, or you're not spoken about something, and then he'll, he'll make an observation about something that's going on in the world, and you think, oh, shit, that, that's what the whole country's been thinking, but no one's been able to say. He manages to get the pulse of things with this incredible instinct for news and what the story is that people that people care about the guy's instincts are as good as anyone I've ever worked with in my life so um, thank God for that mm. because it's not you know it's not preparation that's got him there <laughs> I've got something I want to know about the breakfast show because you and David have you've been number one at times yeah. throughout the last couple of years, and that is a really tough thing to do in this Adelaide industry. So tell me what is it about David and you that I don't know the connection between you guys and how you create a show that can be as good as it is. Uh, it's we we work because we are kind of we're opposites in a way. I'm a nerd, and he's. He's, as I say, this sort of creative. He was the cool uni guy that knew all the music, you know, that was going to all the parties. And um, we've we've got we come from different positions on on stories and things where we don't necessarily disagree as much as traditionally you'd like some radio duos to do so. And sometimes it's kind of forced mm. where producers or programs will say. Whose side are you on on this issue? And we never do that. Everything we do is really organic. We turn up and say, "Let's we're going to be honest about everything we think. If we disagree, we disagree. If we don't, we don't." And because we just have different enough backgrounds, I think that's that served us well. And the other thing, and I think this is the most important thing and the most impossible thing to fake in a medium where you're asking people to tune in for long periods and you're unscripted and you've got to be honest. If you don't like each other, you got no hope. And we genuinely <laughs> get on. You can't fake it for that long. And, and if, if people have been able to pull that off. I, I'm not aware of it. You just there has to be a sense of real about it, and people get that. We make mistakes, we stuff things up, and we ask people to come along for the ride with us. But they never, at any point, I, I would like to think, go, oh, these guys are faking it. They've made this up. They've taken some sort of position because they want to get a rise out of people. It's not been what we do. I'm I'm not a huge political person, and no. and the rest of the team here can vouch for that. I don't know a whole lot about <laughs> no, it, and I probably never. don't give a stuff to be honest. <laughs> yeah, sure. But election night, you and Dave obviously sat in the studio opposite here, and that you did great. it from six forty-five all the way to what midnight, just about midnight. Yeah, just about midnight. Yeah, and I listened to probably eighty percent of it. Did you um, really? And oh, I dear. loved every bit of it. Purely one number one because I wanted to tune into Facebook Live, be one of the two hundred viewers, so I could see Pembo's skull of beer. <laughs> <laughs> but also. At the same time, it was just so fascinating how you guys can make it so enjoyable to just sit there and stuff around and be so laid back about a, a, a what a topic that can be so serious yeah. and so uh, I don't know particular when you know we just want to we just want to hear about who our prime minister is going to be That's in a right. few hours time. Yeah. How do you guys do that? Um, you guys and then I think this is probably the right forum for this conversation. Be aware of aware of things like the Ringer. And and yep. Bill Simmons and the, mm-hmm. and the things he's done and there was something we we spoke about before we we did our election night coverage. I love that idea they do where you feel like you're watching along with them. The draft, you're, you're the, the, the NBA drafts on, yeah, and they're all just yeah. sitting there and you're just watching a video of them mm. watching it. And just what do these guys talk about when they're watching it? And we thought, well, that, let's do that. We can't compete with the graphs of Channel 10. And, you know, the, they've got journalists in every 151 lawyer seat around the country. And we can't do that. We don't have the resources for that. Brett Clappers in Cooper Brett Clappers is 100 metres underground in Cooper Pedy. So with all we can, we, what can we do? We can do something that's all about South Australia. We can be totally biased towards that. And we can just have fun and not sound like... Sophologists. We didn't want to be Anthony Green uh, and try and out science 
um, the ABC on this kind of stuff. We just wanted to say, you know what, if, if David and I were sitting on the couch together at home having a beer, not that we live together, that sounded odd, it but does. you know what I mean, at someone's home, that's how we would have watched it. <laughs> yeah. we, 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 we've just been making stupid small talk and observations about bits and pieces that's going on. So that was the aim. If people enjoyed it, well, that's a bonus because we just had fun doing Brilliant. it. <laughs> now, a couple of weeks ago, you actually on air with your dad. Yes. How was that? Oh. How was that? That was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It was great. I, I was nervous about it beforehand. Because there's that whole thing when Dad has a profile and you don't want to play into the whole, well, Will's there because his dad was was someone mm. and somewhere. And so you've always got the nerves about, so if I sit in the same studio, he's a consummate professional. He's a very traditional broadcaster. He's immaculate. He speaks beautifully. Uh, he, he just, and he's got a huge following of people. I think, do, what, what does that highlight? Or, or, or raise attention, bring people's attention to that whole idea. And I thought, you know, I've kind of got a, I've done this for long enough now that hopefully, hopefully there's some credits in the bank now. Mm. And they've done a different couple of different things. Um, so I was a little bit nervous going into it. Then, then we did it. Um, and geez, it was, it was just, he's just a pro. It was, you know, at some point I went, I just forgot he was my father. And I went, yeah. This guy, this is so easy because often you get someone who fills in. David's away, and it's great. It's nice having a different chat with people. But suddenly, you bear all the responsibility of doing the radio stuff because you think, oh, I got to think for both people. But like when people, when I commentated with Rowie, I'm sure he has to go. Uh, wow, I'm going to have to think about doing extra credits, or I'm going to have to control this a bit more because Will's just coming into it. But it was, geez, it was nice doing it with with him. He was, he's just, he was fantastic. We had a great deal of fun. And I look back at it and sort of think to myself. What a buzz. I got to do what I love doing with my father, who that's his first love. I mean, he was in TV for 30 years, but his love was his radio, and we got to do it together. And, and on reflection, what an absolute buzz. Now, we've probably got one last one last question here. Mm. We're just about to wrap up with you. Um, the NBA finals, I know you're a massive NBA head. Who's going to win it and why? Uh I like it. I think it would be hard to go past Golden State. I know it's the world's most boring answer, um, but the fact that they look like they're going to sweep the Western Conference Finals without Kevin Durant even playing, mm. probably their their best player, and they look a hell of a lot more fun in the process too. Mm. I, I might say they're enjoyable to watch now. With they you. are, aren't they? They go they go that, that cutting, passing, motion style offense. I mean, they're probably they're better with Durant. There's no argument about mm. that. But geez, they're better to watch without him. Look at the old blokes. Oh, you don't agree? The old team. I don't think they are. <laughs> so so. The, the reason I would say they're better, I, mm. I think in deep at the end of a, 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 a say a conference finals game or an NBA finals game when the, you're playing in the half court and the game's slowed down, there's no one better to get you a bucket yeah. than Kevin Durant. So yeah. I think in that way, in the clutch, yeah. it, that, it, when you're playing against a set defense and someone just needs to score, I think that gives them that element. He gives them that element. But uh, their record is phenomenal without him and they are much better to watch. I'll grant you that much. When uh, Steph plays and KD doesn't, they've won 30 out of the last 31 wow. it's, pr- it's pretty impressive. It's and you know what's fun to watch too? That The attitude of, we don't need this bloke. That's right. If he wants to leave, we he's, don't need he's him. He's gone. We're yeah, the he's... old group and we can still do That's what right. we did Remember before us? him. We yeah. won 73 games. That's right. You know, we won more than the Jordan Bulls won in that, that the year they got 72. So I think they'll they'll win it. Um, if Milwaukee had swept Toronto and they, of course, lost today, that mm. would have made things different because then they would have had a bit of rest a bit of time to, to game plan but uh, Milwaukee are better than I thought they were I thought um, Toronto would win this series and, and whilst it's 2-1 I just think now it looks like Milwaukee look on, on court the better side so uh, I, I think it'll be Golden State Milwaukee and I think Golden State with experience will get there but Milwaukee are going to be a fixture of, of the Eastern Conference playoff picture for a long long time your NBA team 
the Indiana Pacers. Ooh, Ooh I like it. Very good. Yeah. Very Less good. mainstream. Yeah, I was like always a, a Reggie Miller fan. Absolutely, Reg, yeah. I was a contrarian as a kid, and everyone. It was the sort of peak of the uh, the, ba- the basketball card sort of swapping yeah. era in primary school and whatnot. And you know, yeah, that wonderful Channel Ten show on Saturday mornings. I can't recall what it was called. That we said NBA and NBL highlights. Mm. Yeah, with, anyway, B- with Billy Woods. It, with oh, Billy Woods. Oh, Billy Woods. And the NBA was blowing up, and everyone, because they're boring, was a Michael Jordan fan. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone went for the Bulls. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. <laughs> except, except right now you're a Zach Levine fan. Yeah, yeah that's right. I'm a draft lottery fan. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, that didn't go well either, though, unfortunately, did it? Jeez. Wendell Carter's a good player. Yeah, I like him. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 went for something, I went for something different. There was that iconic moment of Reggie Miller pushing off of Michael Jordan and hitting game-winning oh, three that yes. just sort of just captured my... I went, you know what? That's what I like. That's, you like. that's yeah, what yeah. I like. He doesn't give a stuff about who's meant to be great. Um and so I've, I've followed him ever since for my sins, and it's been a remarkably unsuccessful 25 years. And they're winning much. more games than the Phoenix Suns, which are my team right now. So right, okay. I feel like I'd want to be in your shoes. Yeah, well, you know, if you like first-round exits, you yeah. know, we've got a doom for you. So oh, well. <laughs> At least you're not finishing bottom and still getting pick six. Anyway, nonetheless, oh, hurts. it does hurt. We'll, uh, we've got to move on. Yep. Will, thank you for joining us at such a late My pleasure. notice. It's uh, great to have you here, and good luck with the rest of your ventures on, uh, obviously, telly and radio for the rest of the year. Hopefully we join you again. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Love you I loved in. it. Great fun. <laughs> well, there you go. Will Goodings uh, from 5AA and Network 10. Brilliant to have him on the show with us. Uh, very fascinating man. But let us it's time. We need to get into this. It's, it's, it's amateur footy time. And boy, do we have a good couple of games for you. <laughs> might, no, we've, we've been covering Root of the Week. This might be Root of the Year. Yeah. Because um, not only was there uh, one side get rooted in, in Smithfield, <laughs> there, was a, <laughs> there was someone else that was hard done. Now, let me let me paint the picture. There was okay. a, a C5 game in uh, the Amateur League on the weekend. It was Division, ho- Division C5. Division C5. It's Oof. down the lower end of the rungs. It's traditional rivals. So yeah, that's, that's right. Um, there was a, a bloke by the name of, it was a Hope Valley versus Smithfield. There's a bloke by the name, he's a full forward by the name of Darren Mitchell. Now he's 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 known to kick a few goals. He's kicked 100 goals before in another league. He, yes. He's kicked 18 in one game before as wow. well. On the weekend, he kicked 32 goals. 32, 32 goals. 32. <laughs> and he didn't break the record. I don't no. know. Yes. He didn't break the record. He didn't break the record. He kicked 32 goals, 11, and didn't break the record. The record was 34 goals. He said his legs got tired in the last quarter did, and he couldn't kick them straight. Did, did, did he know the record was on? Did he know they the did. chance? The funny thing is he, they said to him in the three-quarter time huddle, the coach said to him, you can break the record in this quarter. Everyone, I want everyone to kick it to Darren. <laughs> and, and they were flooding back blokes to stand there. Smithfield were flooding back blokes to stand him. He still... Still had, I think he still had ten scoring shots and he didn't quite get the record. Oh, oh, no. So he, um, Hope Valley scored 42-43, oh. 275 points <laughs> to uh, <laughs> five. Zip. Zip! Oh, they didn't score, they didn't turn up. But the craziest thing about this game is not that the fact that he kicked 32 goals or Smithfield didn't even register, mm. is he didn't get best on ground. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the coach didn't name him best on ground. That is that's a, that's now, ridiculous. Now, for me, if that's, I kick 32 goals, if I kick 32 goals in a game single-handedly, <laughs> single-handedly won my side the game... 
and didn't get best on ground, I'd be filthy. Oh, I'd you reckon? be that flat that I, you know, I'd be flat as a pancake. They'd have to fill me up with beer after to get me up and about. But they interviewed Darren today, and this is what he had to say. No, no, no. On 5AA, oh. I should say, on our Sunday roast program on Sunday, Leith Forrest, our great man, he managed to chase him down. This is what he had to say. Yeah, that's all right. Like, the coach has always said to all of us um, that, you know, it's the midfielders that really win the footy and get it down to the forward lines. We're pretty much just doing our job by taking the marks and kicking straight. But even even last year, I kicked a, my record last year was 18 in a game and I still didn't get best then. So, no, I, I understand why other blokes got best because, you know, they're getting the footy down to me so it makes my job easier. <laughs> <laughs> just a team man through and through. He's Jeez. just pulled out the company line there. He wants a game next week. He's trying to stay in the side. Yeah, he wants, no, no, no. the coach. Can't you, can't you just hear the filthiness under that tone? He wants he's the coach's award. I was going to say, he wants to win the coach's award. <laughs> oh, oh. He's definitely got the goal-kicking award oh. wrapped up, you would have thought. Jace, I can, I can almost level you here. Not quite the same, but it's still pretty impressive. Uh, Stanhope took on Ardoma. I'm not sure where this is. Where's it might that? be Victoria, I okay. think. Yes, but I'm taking yes. a guess, right? Okay, mm-hmm. Stanhope taking on Ardoma. Final score, Stanhope kicked 51 goals, 35 behinds, 341. Oh. Do you want to know how much Ardoma scored? <laughs> no. The Cats? Zip! <laughs> no, they did better than that. They kicked two... Behind. Oh, oh, probably, ra- probably cut the rush behind. So <laughs> lost by 339 points, uh, just Jeez. casually. Um, R. Baldock was the name of the leading goal kicker. You want to know how many he kicked? <laughs> how many snags? He kicked 21 snags. Oh, did he get best on? Sausage. Did he get best on? He got third best on. <laughs> oh! <laughs> What's the coach? No wonder we, there's no brown lows in the AFL. Even the amateur league, they're not giving them best on ground. These blokes know what they're bloody doing. Oh, they win the game. Scoring is the number one thing in football. It's the only way you can bloody win. These blokes are doing all the work. They can't get best on. But in, in the Stanhope's c- c- case, the 21 goals... Uh, they kick 50. So if he didn't play, they'd still win by 29. Now, 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 come on. If LeBron James hits 70 points in a game, right? He hits 70 yeah. points. And then uh, his teammate uh, gives him 20 assists and he gets best on. Piss off. I think LeBron, everyone would be pretty annoyed about that. All right. Well, that's uh, that's rude of the week. We're pretty happy with that. But it's time for this. The best segment of all time on podcasting. It is the parcel pass segment. Can we get an ironing board out there on the sideline? Absolutely farcical. It was farcical. It was a farce too, I know that. It's a disgrace. Time, Dale. It's good synergy there because there's a couple of farces right there. What the was, buddy, what the, was b- going on? the best on grounds. The best yes. on no, yes. 53 goals between them and not one, not one three votes. Oh, that is that's fast. That's a disgrace. But uh, number one this week is a is a is a time and tested favourite. Uh, our man, or my man, or our, our man, man, our man, uh, Nick Kyrgios. Oh, <laughs> yes. Nick Kyrgios decided back to on the uh, list. decided to have a little bit of a chat with the, with the crowd there in uh, in Rome. What did he the, do, please? What did he do? Oh, he just had a, a deep and meaningful. Yeah, yeah. With, with, with and then the, what did he do? And then he just w- w- went uh, went to sit down and towel off, and then spat uh, a dummy, and then uh, decided just, to throw the deck chair on the court. The deck chair, yeah, yeah that's just a... seeing if anyone wanted to see. Yeah, oh, that's, right. cool. that's a normal thing to do on so, tennis court. Uh, so, uh, Nick Kyrgios's latest rant: pass or fast? Absolute fast, gentlemen. You know where I stand on this. He is a tool. This tool. bloke is a tool. How does he get away with this week in, week out? I can't believe... He's on our Pass or Fast board every second week. Nah, 
He's a pass. Oh, I, love- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the emotion. Oh. I love the frustration. <laughs> I feel like that when I'm playing tennis. I, you know, I, oh. I get it. So I, he's a man I, of the people, is he? He's a pass. One hundred percent pass. He is an entertainer. He's, yeah, he, that's he, what it's about. He's what an a joke. And that's why he sells out all the tickets when he comes and plays here. <laughs> and and just quietly, the underarm serve. I'm a massive fan of that. Yeah, I don't, actually, you know, I don't mind that. Especially on the first point of the game. A little. That's arrogant. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, so pass. pass. Right. Number seven number for the year. Number seven. Oh, Kyrgios probably been three of them. But um, uh, number two uh, today, uh, Israel Folau sacked by uh, mm. Rugby Australia. So should Israel Folau have been sacked, pass or fast? Yep. Yeah, that's a pass for me. Uh, it's it's Look, it's really controversial. But at the end of the day, if any of us went against our employer's uh, key values... We know what to expect. Unfortunately, we just know what to expect. And he was warned. Um, and I can read you a passage that I, I read earlier um, in the week uh, from an article. I think it was in the advertiser as well. After Falau had signed his four-year contract extension last year, Rugby Australia sent him an additional letter with social media clauses that he refused to sign. So his original contract stood. That's the only interesting bit for me because he never actually agreed to the fact that, hey, look, well, I know my social media... It was never involved in the initial contract. So... And then when that the warning came along, uh, essentially he never agreed to that second little side part of the new contract, and then he breached it, which he never signed or agreed to. So it's controversial in that sense, but I think we all know, at the end of the day, if you go against your employer's beliefs and what they stand for, you're going to lose your job. Yeah, I'm probably now with you. I didn't actually know about that, so that's interesting. Yeah, it was news to me too. Yeah, so it's interesting you brought that up. I'm probably right. If you go against the people that employ mm. you to do a certain job and that you, you know, you, and what he said was pretty divisive and controversial, so probably a, a pass. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a pass for me, uh, understandable pass, but I think uh, I think uh, some lawyers and some court uh, houses are going to be uh, pretty busy uh, mm. for the rest of the year. Well, he didn't want to take on uh, the, the decision in the end. He decided to deny, his, deny going against it. So, mm. um, is, is there a freedom of speech clause here? Like, is there a, I don't know. See, this is this is the interesting thing. Do people have mm. a, a right to to say what they feel? Is this is because because this is the only. Thing I think that, this that, is yeah. the simple issue. That's starting the thing. Wides. That's right. That's starting. You know, sure, sure. What he said, I don't agree with what he said at all. But you know, it's very. It, does he have a right to say it? That's and, right. And it's that's an where interesting it comes conversation. We live in a country where you know our grandfathers fought for us to have a right to mm-hmm. to speak freely, and that's where we live. Um, it's just the one that divides the... Can I add a new one in here, just just as a side one? A um, little side, inter- little interesting, side fuss. Interesting one I saw on Twitter, I think it was. Um, you can compare the two, and which one is worse? Israel Folau's uh, social media posting, or David Warner and the Sandpaper Cheating Gate? What's worse? worse? What's worse? Is it? They're both very different. They are. Like aren't one they? of them is blatant cheating, <laughs> and the other one is you know because one has lost condemning people for uh, uh, something they believe in. So one got suspended for a year, and the other one got done. His job's gone, life forever. Life, yeah. So and yet we probably think the cheating's worse, don't we? Because it was intentional. Yet he only got a year. So it's interesting how I, I mean I don't want you to answer I, I, well, if you don't want to. Well, the only thing about this is that I believe that David Warner and uh, Steve. I believe that David Warner and Steve Smith will rebound from what they've done. They, they you know, what they've done was uh, horrible, and they was, mm. it was silly for, for for being a part of it and, and letting it 
um, spiral into what happened. But they're, they've got the chance to redeem themselves, and that's what they're setting about doing mm. at the moment, mm. being back in that Australia squad. When they do eventually make some runs for our test squad, again, they'll, it'll sort of be forgotten a little bit. It will mm. never be forgotten, but it, it'll sort of wash a little bit of it off. Yeah. I feel with Izzy now that it'll, yeah, but be, impossible. Now. it'll be impossible for him to get but, escape but this. He doesn't have the opportunity to rebound and score, well, that, score a hat-trick and well, I guess win, win, a, win the Wallabies a World Cup. He doesn't have that opportunity. Well, he did when he got warned, I suppose, mm. and that's when that little social media clause came across his desk and he didn't agree to it. Um, mm. That was his chance to redeem mm. himself, or at least maybe find somewhere in the middle where he can find the happy medium of you know, saying what he wants to say, but not going as extreme as maybe he did, which goes against his employer's values. But I suppose we should probably leave that where it is. Yes, and uh, and having said that too, the Wallabies too, going into a World Cup. Yeah, not ideal. Side divided. Hey, yeah, uh, uh, d- just, on this, just on this, his wife does play for the Thunderbirds. Mm. Can we expect Izzy in Adelaide anytime soon? Uh, I would like to think he would uh, support his uh, wife playing uh, for the Thunderbirds. So, um, yeah, maybe this Sunday. Wow. Mm. Interesting. We'll see, we'll see what happens. Keep I, an eye out. You know what? It, it, we've seen what happened with Gary Ablett just liking his post mm. that he got booed. Um, I'd hate to see uh, any fans do anything negative when yeah. he's here. Uh, that's what I'd hate to have a public backlash. I agree, especially mm. at another sporting event. So I, I hope that the you know he's copped his whack now. He's lost his job. That yeah. I hope the Australian public can move on. Move on. All right. Uh, number three, we'll uh, go to the A League Grand Final. Uh, Sydney FC. Congratulations. They they won on. A penalty shootout against Perth Glory, so uh, sucked in Perth for beating uh, <laughs> for, for, for beating us. You lost, you lost in front of fifty five thousand or however many was there. But one of the penalties and the penalty to keep Perth in it from uh, Mister Santa Lab, jeez, was what a name <laughs> by the way. Santa Lab, he, he owes a, he owes some teammates some slabs because yep. uh, oh. Mister Santa Lab's penalty. To keep Perth Glory in the A League Grand Final, pass or fuss? He just kicked it straight fuss. to him. <laughs> he just a little lollipop into his, into his lap. He, what was he thinking? Oh, he, he he hit a nine iron and he needed a probably a three wood. <laughs> he did. He, hit yeah. a, he just spoon like a fed him. Wedge. It was just a chip. He I just spoon know. fed him. Oh, oh dear! Half the Optus Stadium turf still on his boot. Farcical. That is farce. Uh, Absolute That's wonder. probably his last professional kick. It is his last yeah, professional yeah. kick. So it's him done. That's <laughs> how he's going to be remembered. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What the, a legacy. The penalty farce. There. Santa Lab. Jeez. <laughs> you have to come back for one more year, mate. That was uh, not a good way to go out. Uh, number four, Paddy Dangerfield had a, a very uh, big ankle scare on uh, Saturday night. Uh, oh, I know that because he's in my super coach team. Um, <laughs> then was on the crutches after the game, which uh, I didn't really... Uh, think there was pretty bad news, but uh, apparently it's all minor. So uh, Paddy Dangerfield uh, exaggerating uh, injuries oh, pass all fast. <laughs> bit, bit of Paddy time. Mm. Come on. <laughs> you kidding? Guy, the doctors told him, get some crutches on you. You're our star player. We don't want you walking around on a dodgy ankle if it really is anything bad. Just take some precautionary crutches with you and get around for the next 24 hours. It's, it's ridiculous. I think he's a bit of a bit of me, me, bit of, <laughs> bit of fast time. He <laughs> seen him a couple of years ago. You see him get, come into that press conference. Remember with the with the with the all the bones and yeah, 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 yeah we like that though. He's too much theatre, Paddy. Fast, oh, surely. Fast, fast for me too. Yeah, fast. <laughs> bring the wheelchair out to the Cadinia <laughs> Park uh, anytime soon. Now, uh, we've touched on this, but uh, we need to bring it up again. Uh, number five, uh, sports bet. 
paying out the coalition at seven to one. Pass or pass. They paid out early well, on Labor. If, it's pass if you got a bet on. They paid out Labor $1.2 million wow. around the country. I mean, wow. goodness me. That's a surplus. That's free money. They're, yeah, then, then they're copying $5 bucks on top of that, I think it is, for the, for the coalition winning then as well. Poor sports bet. Who's getting sacked over that one? Oh, oh yeah, someone, someone is getting sacked for that. Probably, probably get a job in the treasury. Now. <laughs> <laughs> you, had a, you had a little bit of a wager on the weekend, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I uh, I lost though. So what did you um, call it? What is? Uh, oh, so uh, there there might have been a few people I know that uh, that texted me and said uh, there, there's a white collar bet, white collar multi, <laughs> white collar multi, <laughs> a, 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 white, a white collar multi. <laughs> Which which involved uh, putting money on the Adelaide Crows, yes, the yeah. Adelaide Crows Sandful team, yes, uh, the Coalition, <laughs> and the Gold Coast Suns to beat Port Adelaide. The wow. white collar multi. What was yes. it paying? It was paying fifty eight. Oh, that's white collar dollars, right there. <laughs> that's right. And uh, if if Gold Coast uh, uh, extracted the the digit in in the last quarter, and oh. uh, the Crows were stiff up in the gabba. Nelly come through. Can I can I throw a sixth and final uh, pass or fast? Please do. Yeah. Please uh, do. Uh, on the weekend, right? I want I want to get your thoughts on this. I'm walking. Uh, this is the day after election. Obviously, the Port Adelaide yeah. game on a Sunday. <laughs> um, so we've just had a, a big win for the for the Liberals here, and uh, Stephen Marshall, obviously our premier, he'd be elated with it, right? He's walking in to enjoy Port Adelaide the next day at the ground. I'm, I'm just walking in behind is he Stephen port Marshall. Man? Is he, yeah, he's a massive port man. Massive port man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Hey, you don't know that. Um, he's wandered into the ground, uh, and I'm just behind him. I've gone, oh, gee, that's the premier. And obviously, I've taken note, right, as, you, as most people in South Australia would. Now, the security guards there just sort of, you know, stop you to check your bags and whatever. <laughs> Stephen doesn't have a bag because he's the premier. He just sort of wanders on in, right? If someone and else is carrying now, his bag. Yeah, that's right. So he just sort of wanders <laughs> in. He's got his little port top and his jacket on. He's trying to. He wanders in and the security he wanders past security and they the guy goes oi turn around mm. come back here and i've just sort of going hey, whoa, whoa, whoa what's he doing here steven turns around what's he smuggling into and he just mate? sort of takes one look at him and goes hang on a minute mate you know with the sort of that he doesn't say anything but he has that look of don't you know who i am i, I own this place this is my oval <laughs> i'm the bloody premier of this joint and uh, so the the security basically is it stops him and sort of feels he feels his jacket and has to see if he's holding it. It's like, mate, your job's wow. to check bags, not people's jackets. So he went down the. Do you know who I am? Well, bar. he gave him that look of, mate, <laughs> hey, you've got to be kidding, don't you? Hey, I've on. got my ticket on my phone. I'm the premier. This is my oval. Pass or fast the security guard at the Adelaide Oval. Oh, no, no, I was going to ask, who are we pass or fasting? Are we passing? Or fasting the security guard. No, that's absolutely. pretty the pass. No, he's pa- not. His job is to <laughs> check the bags, not the jacket. I think he just uses it as an opportunity, maybe, maybe to, to, to just have the, a little contact one on one with Stephen frisk Marshall, the premier. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Well, that's a farce. That's a farce, then, yeah. Okay. I, I think it was absolutely it. ridiculous by so, that security so, guard. Bugger off. It's his so stadium. It's secu- Let him in. The security guard, it's a farce. Yeah. But Stephen Marshall, Stephen Marshall. <laughs> do you know who I am as a farce as well? <laughs> Surely. I think I think he's well with that's a bit of me, me, me. I, I think he's well within his rights as the Premier to sort of turn around and go, mate. 
if you don't know I who think- I am and you can't just let me wander through to the ticket booth here, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just found that a little bit uh, strange. Anyway, play on. Wow. Should we, should we get on to our footy tips real yeah, quickly? Food. All right, boys, footy tips this week. Friday night blockbuster, Sydney up at the SCG versus the Inform Pies. Well, I said I'm not tipping against Collingwood for the rest of the year, so uh, Collingwood. Collingwood. Yeah, Collingwood for me too. Second game is Hawthorne versus Port Adelaide. Port have got a couple of stars um, coming back in. Jonas? Tom Jonas. Tom Jonas. And uh, big star Robbie Gray. Hawthorne a little bit depleted, so I'm going to say Port Adelaide for mine. Uh, indigenous round and uh, wearing the Sam Powell Pepper Guernsey too. And uh, it's yeah. interesting that they're playing the Hawks, who have three former Port uh, players, yeah. all Indigenous. Sean mm. Burgoyne, Jarman Impey and uh, Mr. Winger. Yeah, Sam so, Powell uh, Pepper came on our show on 5AA Drive Show and said, look, that's why we're wearing it, basically, because wow. we're, we're going to all meet up with those guys used to play yeah. with us and we want to sort of, you know, get together and show our, show our you know, unity because of it. So uh, great to see them do that. I think uh, the Hawks, who are a little unpredictable, but so mm. are Port, will win this in Tassie. If uh, if Jonas plays, Port wins. Okay. Jonas is going to play. Uh, Western Bulldogs versus North Melbourne. Ooh. This is a funny this is a one. T- this is a tough one. This yeah. is a funny one. Reckon... This could go on the multi, actually. Okay. Yeah. Western Bulldogs. Mm. Yeah. Western Bulldogs, especially after the, the Tom Boyd week. Western Bulldogs. Yes. I'll say the same. Mm. Western Bulldogs. Uh, the Crows versus West Coast. The reigning premiers come to Adelaide. I reckon the Crows will bounce back on home turf. Yeah, the uh, West Coast have been a little bit disappointing for mine, and uh, but they do play Adelaide Oval very well. Mm, they've they've done well there, actually, over here. But yeah. uh, but the Crows will win. Hey, Crows for me too. Uh, Gold Coast versus geez, this is going to be a bit of a mismatch. Geelong. Why are we going about this? Move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Geelong for everyone. Uh, Richmond versus the Bombers. Dream time of the G. Yeah, yes. it is. It, it is. is sensational. Uh, ooh, bombers. Richmond. Really? Richmond. Bombers. Yeah, bombers. I'm going wow. to go Richmond yeah. as well. Uh, Sunday, Melbourne versus GWS. This is the MCG. Mm. Don't be fooled. The Giants don't play don't well play there. Demons will, well Demons will that's win. Demons will win. That's right. They oh, will. That, another one for the multi. Yes, yeah, another, okay. and that's a very good bet for yeah, the multi. Okay, yeah. that's, that goes in the multi. Uh, St. Kilda versus the, geez, the Blues would want to bounce back. The Saints should play well at Marvel Stadium. You'd expect them to win. However, the Blues have something to prove <laughs> now, don't they? It's the coaster season. Yeah, it is. So you don't know what to expect. It's going to be another one of those North Bulldogs sort of ones. I reckon Saints, though, so so just. Saints, just. Yeah. Uh, last game of the round is Fremantle versus the Brisbane Lions over in Perth. It's almost game of the round if the Crows West Coast sort of isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is a ripper. Uh, Frio at home or Brisbane away who are also firing. Lockie Neal returns to uh, Fremantle. Yeah. That adds a little bit of spice. I, I'm pretty sure he might get tagged this week yeah. by uh, Ross Ryan. <laughs> so uh, Dockers will win. Yeah, yeah I Dockers. think the Frio at home will definitely do the job. All right, so the multi's going to be this week. It's going to be... The uh, Coalition? But yeah, coalition, the white, white, white colour multi. Um, uh, Port Adelaide, Western Bulldogs. Then we'll throw in Melbourne. And then why don't we throw in Frio at home? That's good. That's a good one. That's good, Jace. Yeah. Get on board. All we'll, right. we'll start winning some dollars back. <laughs> so, because we're a little under. And uh, you're trying to build that stadium, mate, going too well. <laughs> know, we're, we're in, uh, we, we haven't even got the fencing in yet. <laughs> oh, no, we need to get started on the foundations of that. Hey, uh, another great episode in the books. Will Goodings was our guest. He was magnificent. Make sure you tune in to 10 News First to see him on your screens. What, at 5.30 each night for our ladies? Yeah, 5.40 is normally. Yeah, it's, it comes in at 5.40. He's doing a really top job over there, too. Yeah. And 6 a.m. on 5AA each morning on the Brecky Show. Dale, well done to you, mate. You're bringing some more mail every week. 
Yeah, thanks, Matt. I'm under a bit of pressure now for the next week. I've got 168 hours to come up with something else. And what well under you, Jace? Uh, it's good to be here. Another week in the books. All right, let's sign off. Great to have you. Of course, get on uh, our Twitter and our Facebook at Pressbox EP. We love you getting involved and sending in comments and making sure that our, uh, our show goes along swimmingly. And of course, leave us a, a review as well on iTunes if you can. Give us a little five star. We'd love that. And uh, continue to keep your support going. We'll catch you next week on episode 13.